0: Silver eagles have gone up again.
1: Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics, and it is time once again to check in on the physical silver market. So fortunate to be joined by Andy Sheckman of Miles Franklin, who checks in every Tuesday to cover any developments going on in the physical silver world. So Andy, nice to have you back here again this week. How is everything going with you?
0: Good to see you too, my friend. It's going well. I hope you're doing good as well.
1: Well, doing well over here. And it seems like a lot of people appreciated your fiery uh, talk last week where you had plenty to say about some of the fascinating dynamics in gold and Mm -hmm. silver. So uh, always good to Dig into these things and we will start in the same place as normal. Just wanted to see if there was any update on the premiums, availability, what's going on with the products and the order flow before we dig into a few other news topics today.
0: Yeah, well, the Silver Eagles have gone up again a little bit, not a lot. Um, Maybe a precursor of what we could expect to see with premiums. You know, it's almost like they've when you look at anything in finance, you, you see a very uh, um, a repetitive theme, almost like a pendulum where things will swing one way to the extreme, like to overvaluation, and then back through fair value to undervaluation, and then they start to move back again the other way. And that's a, a constant theme that I've seen over and over and over again. And I, I see the same thing here with the premiums. They've swung so far to one side in terms of at least they were way up on the overvalued side they've swung back down through undervaluation and i think we've really bottomed in premiums and maybe just starting to turn back up again when you see a a turn up again in the silver eagle premium which is just crazy it just is unrelenting has been now for three years um might be the precursor of other premiums start to starting to rise but again i'll tell you it's um for the last few weeks has been the very best supply at the lowest premiums I've seen in three years. Um, the Silver Eagles had come down repetitively uh, to where we have been and now just moved up 50 cents again this week. So um, nothing really dynamic to to report on the premium front other than to say the availability is great industry-wide. Yeah, one of the interesting things is you keep hearing and seeing on the wholesale level, the big bars, the COMEX style bars are in very short supply and the drawdown on the London Metals Exchange uh, in, in very short supply, yet we're in this little bit of a sweet spot where you wouldn't notice it just by looking at the retail world where premiums have come down and availability is great. I just have this sinking feeling in the back of my mind when you keep hearing about the drawdowns on the exchanges and off of the ETFs. and Um, the deliveries that we continue to see in both gold and silver moving out of the COMEX ecosystem and then silver eagles starting to creep is this the beginning of of a trend back up I don't know but I'll tell you that uh, it's more or less the same as it's been for the last few weeks with the exception of the eagles which are are showing some strength here today
1: so, have you got a lot of people that keep coming in and wanting Eagles specifically, even with the increased premium? What what is the the customer side been like on that?
0: You know, there's that person who just wants American made. Uh, our, our mutual friend Bill Holter um, uh, used to be for a long, very long time partners with Jim Sinclair, and uh, Jim and Bill would talk about the reasoning that they would recommend people buy. American minted coins it's no secret I can tell it he's told it many times on many shows and Jim told me personally one day that he was informed from someone that he trusts high up in the in the world of finance that there would be two resets at some point now you could argue the first reset is underway whatever you define a reset as hasn't happened but maybe we're inching our way towards that and and when the first reset happens regardless of what is implemented in terms of a new system, it will fail because it will be more of the same thing. Maybe that's a central bank digital currency that is just another fiat currency. Unless, of course, it were pegged to something like gold or silver. But when the second reset comes, the first being man-made, the second by Mother Nature, he was told that the government would confiscate anything that wasn't American-minted. And so there have been a lot of people who right, wrong, or indifferent, will happily pay an added premium for American minted coins for whatever their justification is. Now, I've publicly said for the last couple of years that, number one, being one of only 27 U.S. mint authorized resellers is a defining moment in my career. It's something I'm ultimately very proud of, and, and the association with the mint has done wonders for my career, yet I've had a hard time publicly telling people to buy silver eagles when I can buy Krugerrands or Kangaroos or Britannias or Maple Leafs at you know four five six seven dollars per coin less over the last few years, and currently it's about six bucks or more less per coin. And at some point, you have to wonder: is it worth it? Um, I don't know what to believe about what Jim talked about. I know he was called Mister Gold. Is very well connected, always has been as friends in high places. But I'll tell you that that's a premium, that's a a tough pill to swallow. Short of that, I can't imagine why anyone would choose an American Eagle unless you have distinct feelings that it will be central to whatever happens next or down the road. And if you don't feel that way, why, then you're throwing good money after bad by spending all of that extra premium when you can get something in terms of its content and quality, recognizability um, for much less. So yeah, there are people that want it for whatever their reasons are. It's been hard for me to recommend it. Not so much with the Gold Eagle or Gold Buffalo, the spreads are much closer to the other gold sovereign coins. This is almost exclusively with with, with Silver American Eagles. And uh, it's interesting too, The second most highly priced item for the past three years has been pre-65 constitutional silver. Now that's come down to a level that I am comfortable recommending. It's still higher than the sovereign coins. I mean, I remember a time, Chris, when for the first time in my career, you could swap your your junk silver pre-65 for Australian kangaroos and get more kangaroos like a, you know, five or eight or 10% more silver. And I thought it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. This was probably a decade ago. And I told everyone, sell your junk and buy kangaroos. Well, for the past three years, junk has been, you know, as high as eight, nine, 10, $11 over melt. Now it's down to five or less, I believe. So it's, it's right there, but it's still priced higher than the maple leaf and the, the Philharmonic, the Britannia, the kangaroo, which is very unusual. So if you want something that is American made, junk silver used to be called junk silver because it was always the cheapest thing to buy. Silver eagles were always 60 or 75 cents more than the other coins like the maple leaf, not six or $7. So it's been a very um, unusual set of circumstances where the American coins, all of them, uh, even the old ones that were considered junk for a long time have commanded premiums that Uh, are detached from everything else that this market has to offer right, wrong, or indifferent. There are some people who believe that's the only way to operate. And you know, I, I will say here candidly that I can't say they're wrong, but I think you better have strong conviction in that belief to pay higher premiums. If in the end, you're defined by the number of ounces that you own, you will certainly take a hit by going with American made stuff.
1: Well, I hear what you're saying. And I, been a big eagle buyer myself although something you mentioned about the junk silver that i wonder about do we reach a point where the the supply runs out i mean obviously there are people who who get old and pass on and perhaps leave an inheritance or maybe they're the people who receive that sell it but where, where is all the supply for that coming from since that's something that is not being produced anymore I've always wondered, do we do we reach an endpoint where it's all accounted for or where, where is the primary supply there?
0: I mean, the supply is, it's interesting. It's an interesting question. It's an interesting thought experiment. The answer to the question in a big sense is, yeah, it does run out. Hasn't been made since, you know, uh, 60 years nearly. And so when you talk about where does the supply come from, it's obviously it's coming from people who have held it usually for a very long time, whether they just capitulate or are passing, passing on, or people are inheriting it or or selling it, but, you know, it's a um, subjective term availability. Um, You know, we had good fortune last year of doing two orders, both of them north of $50 million. Um, And, you know, if a client came to me and said, I want $50 million worth of pre 65 silver, there's not a snowball's chance in hell, I could even come close to filling it. So, what is available? You know, availability to me is yeah, if someone wants to spend maybe even 100 or 200 or 300,000, yeah, I can get it. I can get it. If you want to spend a million? I can find it. Give me some time. But what is availability? I mean, it's you're talking the pimple on the elephant's ass here right now in terms of how much money is out there. So, this has been the hard part for people to understand over the years when I talk about my feelings of availability being tenuous at best because it doesn't take much interest, real interest, or an event for what is considered available and flush to be gone in a matter of moments. You know, I went to lunch this morning or breakfast with a client who was in town from Montreal and met him for coffee. And he asked me, you know, why, why doesn't just one very wealthy person buy everything up? Why isn't someone like Elon Musk securing his his s- silver supply? And my answer to him, well, maybe he is. I mean, look at the drawdown. And if you pull up the silver stockpile from the London Metals Exchange, it's a straight, straight downward slope. It's crazy. I mean, they're, they're at the lowest levels ever. And, you know, there's not a lot of silver left on COMEX. Where is all the bleed, do- bleed down gone since silver squeeze? Yes, there's still silver there, but a lot of it belongs to... Strong hands, a lot of people talking about the 7 million ounces that JP Morgan put into the registered category last week. Is that for a delivery? Is someone taking delivery of that? That's the way I read it. Uh, you know, listen to Rafi on your show. He does an eloquent job of explaining it, but I looked at it the exact same way. To me, this is someone that is taking possession. Yeah, look at that. Look at the London Metals Exchange. Now you tell me, does that look like there's flush supply? And when you realize that there is what 800 million 800,000 ounces there is that it is that what that said did i read that correctly yeah and what uh, uh you know that's far less than um, than was delivered to to india last year so yeah, this is a situation where what is flush what is availability um And I think that is a question that will only be answered when people try themselves to purchase it. Might be available today, maybe even a few million bucks worth. But after that, what does it mean? And and what is a few million dollars anymore? It's a drop in the bucket when you talk about the money that has been created. And there you go, the registered stockpile. I mean, you got thirty million ounces there, and that's crazy. Or thirty-nine point two four million ounces in the registered category, and. And, and India imported three hundred and four million last year. What does that really mean? And so it's subjective. and it's a it's looking at at, at a, a certain point in a circle. When things come full circle, when 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 the public wakes up to what is coming or what is happening from their slumber, um, I think that things can change very, very, very quickly. And I quite frankly, honestly, have been surprised. At the reemergence, to a degree, of pre sixty five silver and the drop down in premium, because I, the question you ask, I ask myself too. I don't know who sold it, where it came from, and what motivated it, motivated them to do it. But I do think that it's it's one of these deals or it's here today, gone tomorrow. There's just not enough out there. I had someone email me today said they were interested in five and a half million dollars worth of gold and silver. And one of the questions they asked me was gold eagles, silver eagles, junk silver and platinum eagles. And I asked my operations and the only thing I was told gold eagles we can do, silver eagles we can do, they're coming in uh, like 70,000 of them over the next four months or three months or something like that. Not a huge amount. The junk silver I can find," he said. "We have some. I can find it. Platinum eagles," he said. Uh, "That the 2023 is when we're able to start purchasing them. He'll let us know. Uh, you know that that doesn't sound like tremendous availability to me. Okay, got the gold eagles. Platinum silver eagles will get. They're coming in over the next you know 90 days, whatever. Have some now. More coming in. Uh, junk silver, I'll find it. Okay, hope you can. And the platinum eagles, well, we'll have to see. I mean." Is that flush? No, it's not. The whole system is not flush. It's way better than it's been for the past two years. But when you realize, again, the people that we talk to represent such a small subsection of people who have pulled the blinders off and and are at least cognizant of what's happening, um, to me, it's, it's one of these deals. This is why I always say the market ultimately, not today, And maybe not tomorrow, but someday, if things progress to the way that I believe they will, even to a fraction of the way that I think they will, the market will be defined by an inability to readily source product at a good price. That I do believe. And I've often thought that that would be the one single thing that would be the greatest detriment, short of governmental confiscation to my business, inability to source product. Um, It was frightening over the last few years. It really was the. Kind of the defining characteristic of the market, the difficulty of uh, obtaining product. and here here we are at, at you know multi-year lows in premium and great availability. But I don't trust it. And I think I look at the u s. mint as as a kind of a justification for that mistrust. And I guess we'll have to see how it plays out. We'll have to see how the price reacts and what the ultimate demand is from the investing public. But you know, looking at the, what all these states are doing and waking people up, to precious metals gives me, I think, a little bit more optimism that we will see an expansion of the mainstream into the virtues of precious metals and, and maybe a shedding of, of uh, you know, de-dollarization, what the big money across the globe is doing. We're starting to see that idea creep into the mainstream, starting with the legislatures of a few of these red states.
1: Well, speaking of which, uh, something you and I talked briefly about before we started, but we continue to see the states take action in terms of gold and silver. Latest one was Idaho um, would permit the state treasurer to hold yeah. some portion of funds in physical gold and silver. And I know you had some thoughts on that. Um, anything you could share there about the that
0: article? Funds? Yeah, I read that article. Uh, it's a great article. and. Um, I thought it was very well written, but there was one one piece in there that I that really caught my my eye, and that was the representative, uh, and I guess it's no surprise it's a Republican representative um, that um, that talked about. I think his name is Vito Barbary. talked about why the state of Idaho needs to own precious metals. He says we need to give our treasurer the ability to consider doing what so many central banks around the world have been doing, which is acquiring gold. Gold and silver are also right there in our US constitution. So you have an understanding, which is heartwarming to me because I look around me at the political landscape without going political on your show. And I wonder what the hell's happened to this country. I really do. I I look around and see the, the stupid decisions that are being made uh all around us kind of what was reminiscent of my rant last week um and and it's nice to see that there are some people with some sanity here that they're basically saying you know the federal government issues paper that we call money and that money has been precipitously losing value even if it were to reach the stated goal of two percent inflation which They're not gonna get there for a long time, if ever, with all the inflation that's in the system already. They'd have to raise rates much, much higher, but even if we did, I read an interesting article and the article basically said, what if Elon Musk got up on on stage and told everyone that the stated goal of Tesla is to lose 2% each year? Well, why? Why have any inflation for that matter? I mean, negative inflation would be, the lower the inflation, the higher the standard of living. So anyways, I think that's what these representatives are realizing that the higher the rate of inflation, the lower the standard of living that their residents face. And God bless some of these states. You got Idaho, you got you know, Ohio recently uh, 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 talked about adding 5% physical gold holdings to its, its uh, public pension system. You got Texas doing the same thing. West Virginia, Mississippi, Maine, Tennessee, Montana, and Missouri are presently considering bills in 2023 with provisions almost the same as Idaho's HB 180. This was all in that article, and it gave me it really gave me a great optimism on top of what we talked about last week with Missouri uh, and with Wyoming. So you have a, a good portion of these these legislatures that are are pushing back against the uh, brain dead monetary policy of the Federal Reserve and of the current administration. That is um, bankrupting future generations, and what better way to address that than to remind people that it used to be considered treason to produce anything that wasn't called species, gold and silver. The money in your wallet right now, or shall I say, the currency, as as uh, identified by the Constitution, is treasonous. So you know, history may not repeat itself, but it, let's hope it rhymes, and we see these states and others um, embrace some form of, of uh, monetary and fiscal sanity and, and using gold and silver as, as a platform to do so is really a great place to start in my opinion. And it will wake up the public more than anything. And that's when you get into that issue of declining availability as you know Rick Rule often talks about. One half of 1% of the entire financial matrix in the US from Joe Sixpack to the Harvard Endowment Fund has any allocation to gold and silver one half of 1%, the average or the mean of the last 40 years has been two and a half percent, which is still minuscule, but would represent a five-fold increase in demand, which would wipe out the entire availability like that in a blink of an eye. So yeah, you know, I can see why people sometimes over the years have thought I have been less than genuine in saying that because it hasn't happened. Although we had microcosms of it the last few years where it was really hard to get for everybody. Um, But I do think when I say these things, I say it because at some point people have to wake up, not just this one half of 1%, the hard money people who understand it, but maybe it will just be the bankrupting of our country, where, where the government by their own admission tells us that Social Security is $70 trillion in the hole. Just social security that takes that doesn't even take into account Medicare and Medicaid and government military pensions, which are all off balance sheet. none of those things are on uh, included in the thirty one trillion dollar national debt. We are an insolvent bankrupt country that is giving money away that we don't have by borrowing it and then borrowing money to pay seven hundred billion in interest payments here that we borrowed in the first place so it's a it's a it's a screwed up situation and, and I, I I take great um I'm very appreciative of these lawmakers. And it all started with Representative Mooney, who you should have on your show if you can never get him. I've always wanted to thank the guy. I think he's from West Virginia, I think, who came out there and has really been spearheading this, not only on a on a state level, but on a national level, trying to wake people back up to um to the virtues of sound money in in, in a monetary world that has somewhat gone mad, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I actually did reach out to uh, Alex Mooney a couple of years ago. No luck on that one, unfortunately. And it's funny in there, you mentioned so you know Security. who you are. <clears throat> well, I'm just a regular guy talking about silver. Although uh, you did mention Social Security, which kind of made me smile because I remember back in my days in Denver, I actually did go down to the Social Security office once, I was trying to cash out, you know, I was willing to take a haircut on that. and um they didn't seem amused by my concern that Uh, there wasn't uh, gonna be uh much left by the time i hit age 62 so didn't go so well but anyway uh i guess i'm just fortunate to have a couple ounces of silver today and hope for the best on that one so uh, well look
0: man the the bottom line is is you got all, all of this debt most of the 31 trillion in debt has been accumulated over the last several years at much much lower rates and the balance sheet on the fed has gone upside down they you know they're in trouble and as rates continue to rise we are at this point where either you have literally faced the prospect of blowing up collapsing the sovereign bond market and everything around it which would have been unmitigated disaster and I think this is part of the reason you hear the FDIC Systemic Resolution Advisory Committee in their November meeting saying there's going to be bank runs and bail-ins. Don't tell the public because you'll know, that'll have unintended consequences. Well, maybe you should have thought about that before letting it leak out to YouTube. Or if they go the other direction, the way that most people think they will, that being the bond traders who are already pricing in a pivot at some point, then they do what all politicians have done and that is just inflate their way out of a problem until the rest of the world says we really don't want your bonds anymore or your dollars and move a different direction and i would tell everyone to listen to your especially part one of your interview with jim willie where i thought he did a great job of explaining exactly what's happening to me the most relevant part of that and something that i'm going to use and thank you jim Willie. Is the rumors of Japan possibly joining the BRICS? Now if that wouldn't stick a knife right in the the uh, you know the eye of the West. I don't know what would, but you are we're witnessing a, a period of time where sides are going to have to be chosen. And like Turkey, um, who's been an ally, you know they're buying more gold than anyone in the world and silver. Thanks to you showing me that last week, they are joining BRICS. You know Mexico is talking about it. Egypt, we already know what Saudi Arabia is doing. So. Sides are are going to be chosen. lines are going to be drawn. and 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 that is because of this pickle that we are in with uh, kind of right on the right in between the precipice of falling off the cliff into the fire of inflation or into the lion's den of of rising interest rates and what that does to the bond market, to the sovereign bond market, to the global bond market, and the ramifications that have in a world that is systemically, Tied together and uh, incestuously tied together, and bringing everyone down. I'm not going out down without you. Look at Credit Suisse; they're they're, they're swirling down the drain, and they're considered a too big to fail, systemically important bank. And not only are, is their share price being uh, literally decimated, they're they're witnessing massive withdrawals of of deposits by by their um, by their people who have money on account there and and what happens if, if they go down this is just the beginning these will be the things that will wake people up and this is maybe why we're seeing these states talk about it but i i take optimism in it and i think other people should as well
1: yeah i hear you and i think you mentioned mexico in there as well it's uh just interesting because i had noticed the going to the atm and when the amount i would normally take out the price of dollars it's costing <laughs> it's going up and sure enough the uh, even the Mexican peso appreciating against the dollar these days so go figure in the world we're living in and um, yeah it's certainly uh, concerning when you look at some of these things you mentioned social security and again just the way the uh, debt loads keep going and obviously right now we're in a period where the Fed is hiking rather than Expanding, although I think there's, I mean, obviously a lot of people think that's a matter of time, although even Jerome Powell, as we've talked about before, has acknowledged as much. Um, one caveat to that, that I think is only fair to point out Brent Johnson of the milkshake theory mentioned that, well, you have all these other governments uh, borrowing and printing as well, which I guess certainly could put some dynamics that maybe support the dollar relative to those, yet when you look at the whole grand scheme of things, I don't know if that makes me feel any better. Maybe the DXY goes goes up a little more than you would think, but certainly not an ideal time in the currency sphere in general. So either case- No,
0: uh, it's not, it's not. One other thing, if, if we have a moment, just wanted to mention that I was looking at, at the commitment of traders and I noticed the commercial short position fell by 10,755 contracts. Or 53 points,
1: that's, that's a couple months old at this point.
0: Well, it's the one that they've, yes, it's the one that they just put out. Maybe that has something to do with why they haven't shown it or this hack supposedly, but that's 53.78 million ounces, right? So when you talk about the size of these short positions in relation to the amount of bars that are available for delivery, it's interesting, but to see the, the commercial shedding that large of a, of a, of a huge amount of silver it's interesting you know and it just seems to me that they have been reluctant to add to their short position in silver and if anything maybe they're quietly trying to get out of it i don't know but here again there is reason for optimism if you look closely enough irrespective of of a price that should be a whole hell of a lot higher so you have availability you got low premiums you have big money you know, getting out of their short positions and bigger money taking possession and pulling it off the exchanges. So if you have the ability to extrapolate this stuff and see a little bit, you know, your mind's eye can see a little bit out into the horizon. I think there's a lot to be optimistic about when we talk about uh, where gold and silver should be, you know, who knows, six months from now, a year from now, maybe it's six days from now, don't know, but I think the backdrop is setting up nicely.
1: Well, I agree. And I guess we just sit there and watch as the days tick off the calendar. And you'd think in the benefit of time, uh, it would be something that would work out well for many of the reasons we've discussed today or other days as we cover silver day after day here and just watch things go on. So, Andy, appreciate everything you shared. Um, For people who are looking to buy or sell silver, is there anything on special this week that you'd like to pass along?
0: Yeah, we're we're still sticking with the 2022 silver maple leaves, which are on sale and in stock at three dollars and forty cents over the price of silver. And I believe they're 2023 silver kangaroos. Those are the only coins that come in mint boxes of 250 smaller boxes, mini boxes, and uh, those I want to say are three twenty nine over. you don't have to buy whole mint box. They come in tubes of 25 also. Those are available for immediate delivery as well. And, um, you know, here again, this is the first time really in in the better part of uh, three years that I've felt comfortable enough to even recommend any sovereign minted coins to people because the premiums were just too high. We were always sticking with bars and uh, this is kind of a a nice, a nice way to, uh, to own what are the two purest silver coins, mass produced silver coins in the world. The only two, 499999 nine, 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 pure silver coins, kangaroo and the maple leaf, all brand new, ready to go.
1: Well, appreciate that. And if people have questions, they can find out at arcadia at milesfranklin.com. And Andy, just appreciate you making some time. Nice to see you again this week, as always. And
0: you too, my brother.
1: Who knows what will happen before next week, but it'll uh, surely be exciting and we'll be here covering it. And uh, just thanks for coming on again. We'll check in with you soon. Well, thank you, Andy. Appreciate everything that you shared there. Always good to have him check in for these Tuesday updates going over any changes in the premiums and availability on the physical level of the silver market, as well as any news that's coming out in relation to gold and silver. So Hope you found that one helpful at home. And before we wrap up, would like to thank Raina Silver, who brought us today's video. Reina, who is exploring district scale, high grade assets in Mexico and the U.S. and has been doing some drilling at their Medicine Springs project. Caught up with Lauren McGaugh and Jorge Romero-Monroy of Reina Silver recently and going to play a few words of the latest update of what is going on at their Medicine Springs project.
2: We were just excited when we got the majority of a nearly 800 meter hole was carbonate. We're going, this is fantastic. And then we got the drill results back. And when you get 2.4 meters of over a kilo silver, that gets really exciting. That's in the historic part of the the Medicine Springs project. And then we took a step out and not a not a little one like i said this is recon we were trying to figure out how big this system is so we went 1.7 kilometers to the southwest and there we intersected even more silver mineralization and that was 7.4 meters running 186 grams per ton silver and included in that is four six meters running 270 plus grams per ton of silver and the lead and zinc that tells us okay this is the type of chemistry this is the kind of mineralogy in the kind of structures I mean that's a that's a pretty thick sequence right there and so we look at that from the team's experience in looking at crds and exploring crds And the question now becomes, where did it come from? Because those kind of numbers don't come out of thin air. They're attached to some other part of the system. And that's one of the beautiful things about carbonate replacement deposits. They're these continuous zone systems. We don't know which direction yet because we've got four holes in the ground and they're widely spaced. But this is, you know... For a first four holes out of a project, I, it's hard to ask her, it's hard to ask for more.
1: Well, thank you to Jorge and Lauren, and thank you to everyone at home watching. Hope you're having a great day out there and I will see you again tomorrow.